Today's first reading is of special interest to historians and archaeologists because it is the first recorded uh, recording that they heard about of an outdoor barbecue. I thought that would be a really nice thing to do this weekend, earlier this week, and then, you know, now it's five degrees outside and snowing. So that's not going to happen. Actually, it's the first recorded event when God declared himself to be in equality with humanity. There are those, sometimes when people are translating the scriptures, they like to change the word covenant and instead say, well, it's an agreement. It's an alliance. It's a friendship between God, in this case, God and Abram. But it's not. It's a covenant. It doesn't quite mean the same to us, but a covenant meant where two equals entered into an agreement and essentially said, all that I have is yours. I solemnly swear on my very life that if I am not faithful to what I promise you today, I forfeit my life. That's not a simple agreement. If you go to sign a, a lease for a car, you won't see that there. I'll make my payments or I give up my life. That'd be a reason to go to another dealership, I think. But in today's first reading, Abram asked God very justifiably, how will I know that you will keep your promise? So God tells him what to do, and he establishes this unbreakable covenant where he promises that he will be faithful forever. And the other unique thing about a covenant is that even if one person becomes unfaithful to it, the other promises to still remain faithful. For human beings, that would be impossible. Someone makes us a promise and we agree to it and they break it. We are going to say, then my promise doesn't hold anymore either. But that's not how God works. He made his promise to Abram. And through Abram, who would eventually become Abraham, down through the ages, this promise rings true for us as well. And more than the promise of land, it is a promise of his fidelity, of his constant enduring presence to and with us. And he uses the stars for that very reason. You see, you can't go outside and flick a light and turn the stars on and off. That'd be pretty cool. Unless you had a three-year-old, then the stars would be going on, or a parochial vicar, then the stars would be going on and off all the time. Look what I can do. But we know that the, the light of the stars, as it reaches us, may have, that star may have burned out millions of years ago. And yet it's just now reaching us because God has planned it that way. My friends in Christ, God is always, always faithful. Even when we stumble and fall away from him, he remains fast, steadfast, and close to us.
It's the beauty of Lent. It's an opportunity for us to say, how is it that I've fallen away from the Lord? How is it that we close ourselves off from him and his love? And then to start over. When um, St. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, when he talks about how he feels about his brothers and sisters in Christ, It's actually a beautiful way to talk about how Jesus feels about us. That we are his beloved brothers and sisters. That he loves us and he longs for us. More than anyone could ever say. That we are the Lord's greatest joy and crown. That he wants us to be with him. He wants us to be united to him. And the gospel tells us exactly how to do that. By listening to him. I'm really good at talking. I'm not always so good at listening. Because it means to be silent. To be still. To leave aside our other concerns and just to be present to someone. That's what listening is all about. And if we are to draw close to Jesus and allow him to really transform us so that we can become like him, that we can share in his glory and his holiness and his love, we must first listen to him. We do that through prayer. The most important thing we can ever do as Christians is pray, is listen to God. It's not easy, but again, it's the most important thing we can do. It doesn't have to be an hour long. It's really good when we give God more time. But even just pause for a moment throughout the day, there's a beautiful um, prayer called the Angelus. Would usually be prayed three times throughout the day, but most especially at noon each day. The local churches would usually ring out the bells at that time so that people who were at work would know to stop and to pray. Prayer involves calling to mind our salvation, the beautiful gift of Mary's yes to God and the gift of Christ to us. But whatever form of prayer you decide to choose, stick with it. Even if it doesn't seem to be bearing fruit, it is. And hold fast to Jesus so that you, his brother, his sister, may truly be his joy and his crown and that you may share in his love and his glory in this life And still more importantly, in the next.